This is the Spin Talk Podcast. Catch Spin Talk with Lauren, live on Spin 1038 weekdays from 1. Spin 1038, you're welcome back to Spin Talk with Lauren. Just a heads up that um, we are dealing with quite a sensitive topic on the show today. So just be aware if there's little ears listening. Um, Because we got an email in from a listener a couple of days ago and Rachel and I were trying to decide what exactly we should do with it because I understand it's not something many people have experience with or I don't know, maybe there's more people than we realise but it's sex addiction and this listener is a 23-year-old female and she is in therapy and has been told that this is um, what she has and she feels that people don't take it as seriously as perhaps a drug addiction or a gambling addiction and also the fact that she's female people make light of it but she has said that her behaviour is causing problems and it is affecting her relationships so at the moment um, she's living with her friend and a housemate and they've said look we can't take this anymore so it's obviously um, at a point where yeah look her, her behaviour is causing issues so we're going to try and understand sex addiction today on Spin Talk you can get involved you can text her WhatsApp 87 1038 David Kavanagh joins me on the line David is a sex addiction specialist and therapist his website is sexaddiction.ie David you're very good to come on the show today thank you for your time Thanks, Lauren. David, what is sex addiction? Sex addiction is a chronic brain malfunction where somebody who has experienced trauma, a severe amount of stress, or perhaps a very difficult childhood, their brain rewires itself effectively to try and find uh, a relief from that pain through the, the sourcing of pleasure or this chemical dopamine that we're all addicted to uh, in sexually inappropriate ways. So that can be from pornography, to casual affairs, to online cyber sex, to a range of different ways of trying to get that hit of dopamine. Okay, because just talking amongst ourselves about this in the office this morning and trying to decide how to approach this, and even from some of the messages coming in already to us, particularly on Facebook, it feels like it's something people don't take very seriously, and maybe that is because we don't know enough about it. It's not um, as well understood, perhaps, as drug addiction or alcohol addiction. Um, So you've mentioned some of the possible causes there for it, David. How do you treat it? Okay, so I suppose the the programme that I would use with clients that come to me would be a range of things like understanding the brain functioning, first of all, is really important because people tend not to understand how addictions operate. We think it's it's normally a, a problem with the person's willpower or they're just, they're morally deficient in some shape or form that they would behave in this way, that they're a bad person. But in actual fact, what I teach my clients is that your brain is malfunctioning. You have a part of your brain called your basal ganglia, and they control your addiction. And there are actually billions of these little cells in your brain. And they're far more powerful than your logical brain, which is what we use to make everyday healthy decisions. So this part of our brain, the basal ganglia, takes over effectively and controls how people behave. Now, sex addiction is often masked by alcoholism or alcohol drinking or like heavy alcohol drinking or through drug taking. So people often find that they're using those addictions, like going out to nightclubs, getting very, very drunk, ending up in bed with strangers, bringing strangers back to their house. In this case, the the listener is probably in that situation. Housemates coming down on a Sunday morning, finding total strangers in their house. That's not acceptable. But the woman in question, the the listener can't actually stop that behavior because she doesn't know that she's, you know, she's completely out of control. So it's great that she's reaching out to get help in the first place. 
Yeah, I, I'm really happy she got in touch. And I am happy we're talking about it. I know it's a sensitive one. It's not an easy discussion. And as I said, I understand for people it mightn't be easy to open up about, but we're going to do our best. So if people want to get involved, you can text or WhatsApp 87 1038 The thing is, David, we talk an awful lot on this show about dating and casual sex. And the thing is, is that what a lot of people might think is just you know, going out and dating and meeting new people or being on dating apps, they mightn't realise that what they're dealing with is a sexual addiction. Is Can it be difficult to diagnose? It can be extremely difficult to diagnose, especially if you're in a particular category of our social circle where it's the norm. So if you're a young guy in your early 20s, for example, going out pulling is exactly what you're expected to do. Nobody's going to tell you that it's, there's something wrong with your behaviour. Probably, you know, probably no one's going to tell you there's something wrong with your behaviour. Um, and then how do you know that what you're doing is actually harming yourself? Well, it, it, what can happen is you, you meet somebody, uh, get into a long-term relationship, maybe six or seven or eight months, and you really like this person, but then you still want to have that activity on the side. You still want to go out dating other people, and you can't let that slide. Or you're, you're putting yourself back on Tinder, even though you're actually in a relationship with somebody. So at that point, you're, you know, your girlfriend might discover, actually, you, you shouldn't be doing this. This is wrong. But at that point, the habit of doing this is so powerful that it's become an addiction and you don't know where to stop or how to stop yourself. And that's where it gets really tricky for people. Can it be, because I would love to hear from people today, David, who maybe have been in a relationship or maybe have lived with someone who is a sex addict and just to talk to them a bit about kind of realising, no, this isn't acceptable behaviour. Like if you're in a relationship with someone who is a sex addict, um. You know, what kind of impact can that have on you? I'm, I'm trying to think of it like any other addiction I would. Yeah. Um, but it is difficult. It, it's, it's more sensitive. I don't know what it is, maybe because it, it, it's sex, that we don't think of it the way we think of drugs or gambling. But to be in a relationship with a sex addict, I presume, is just like being in a relationship with a drug addict. Kind of, yeah. Well, imagine you're on a date and you're out in a restaurant and you're enjoying your meal and your boyfriend's enjoying the meal and all of a sudden the waitress comes over. And now your boyfriend's eyes light up in response to this pretty waitress and you're going, why have your eyes just lit up? Nothing, nothing, it's fine, it's fine. And then for the entire rest of your date, he's looking at the waitress and can't take his eyes off that person. Now, how are you feeling? Well, as the partner of the person who's doing this behaviour, it's absolutely atrocious. You can, you can feel rejected, you can feel unloved, you can feel like you're being compared to somebody else. I'm not as tall, I'm not as thin, whatever is the case may be. And that's a really horrible place to be. But if your boyfriend is just an alcoholic and likes maybe having a couple of glasses too many with you know over the date with you you're probably not going to notice a huge amount of, of self-rejection or or comparing yourself to other people whereas a sex addiction uh, the partners often feel like they were never good enough and that misunderstands the addiction completely it's never about being good enough it's never about the number of people um, that the person is with it's about the fact that they can't control how their brain reacts to sexual stimuli which in this case for example on a date would be a pretty waitress or whatever as the case may be mm. Why don't people take it seriously, David? I think the media in the past have given it a very hard time. I remember a national broadcaster not too long ago on on another radio station saying to a a sex addiction specialist that there's no such thing as sex addiction in Ireland. This is about six months ago. There's no such thing. And he said, "If, if, if I think about having sex with women regularly, so what's the problem? Isn't that just normal? And he completely denigrated the person who was trying to give a clinical perspective on it. So if the media have such an influence in this case, like yourselves are doing a brilliant job on this case now, um, if the media disown it and pretend it doesn't exist, it's very difficult for the average person to think differently because the media informs so much of our education. 
sex, you know, sex addiction isn't really mentioned in schools. Porn addiction isn't really mentioned in schools. So where are we getting the information from about what these addictions are? And it's only usually when somebody close to us has a crisis that we discover, oh my God, this thing is actually real. You've actually done this. This is actually happening to you. And you're, dis- you know, you're desperate and you need to get help and your relationship is falling apart. Or you've lost your job because you've acted inappropriately at work. All these things can happen and they're all part of sex addiction. David, um, I have a message in. I, I'm not too sure I understand it, but I'm going to read it out to you anyway, just in case it makes more sense to you. It says, can you please ask David, does the brain work in the same way if a partner cheats? Does, does that mean work? that, like, I, what I'm thinking they're wondering is, you know, if someone is compulsively cheating on their partner. Yes. And you often do, you hear maybe sometimes of celebrities blaming sex addiction exactly. on why they've cheated on a partner. Is that maybe what they're getting at? Absolutely. And I mean, okay, so I mean, just because somebody drinks alcohol doesn't mean they're an alcoholic. Just because somebody gets drunk on a regular basis doesn't mean somebody's an alcoholic. But somebody who has a, a physiological and chemical dependency on alcohol, we call them an alcoholic. So somebody who's having an affair or somebody who's cheated on their partner isn't necessarily a sex addict. And to call themselves a sex addict would be a mis- misdiagnosis. But to be, in, to be unable to form happy, healthy relationships with other people because you continuously cheat on everybody that you're in a relationship with would be an indication of a, of a potential sex addiction without necessarily it being so but a once off case you wouldn't diagnose sex addiction just because somebody's done some cheating that wouldn't be how we we categorise sex addiction it's a prolonged habitual behaviour that people can't stop no matter how often they try to stop that's the key thing here they can't stop but they try to stop um, there was a very good film out a few years ago with Michael Fassbender. It was called Shame and Carrie Mulligan yeah. were in it. What were your thoughts on that, David? It's a very dark film and it probably does... It's probably a very difficult film for people to watch. I don't recommend clients or their partners watch it. Actually, it's quite difficult and very dark. There's a better film I suggest people watch called Thanks for Sharing. And Thanks for Sharing is a story of, of a couple of sex addicts in a, a self-help program in America and it has, has some really big names. Pink is in it, actually. It's a brilliant film. It's very easy to watch. It's quite funny. But it gives people a very good understanding as to what happens, how, how you can be walking down the street as a man, for example, as a sex addict. And every time you look at a woman, your eyes light up and you feel this compulsion that you can't control. But you're, you're actually walking down the street with your wife and you hate yourself for the fact that you're your eyes are misleading you into having, you know, reactions to people that you don't even want to be having. And the film kind of portrays the despair because the clients that come to me are suicidal. Their marriages are falling apart. Their children won't talk to them. Their lives are in distress because of their sex addiction. So I think it's really important that as a society, we take note of the fact that there are people walking around behaving in ways that they don't want to be behaving Mm. in this particular way, but they're trapped and they don't know where to go for help. Just before I let you go, David, do you know roughly how many people in Ireland um, live with sex addiction? We don't, but we do know that because of the access that people now have through the internet to pornography, what's what's happening around the country is men and women are becoming desensitised to pornography. And because of that, the idea of promiscuous casual sex, either paid for or unpaid casual sex, is becoming the norm. It's becoming how people will get their sexual their sexual kick, so to speak, because they're so desensitized to the ongoing pornographic epi- epidemic that we have in this country. And that's that's really the challenge. It's it's tens of thousands of people are starting to realise that they have behaviours that they can't stop. 
and it's it's really challenging for us clinicians because we just we just can't cope. There's so many people uh, coming forward need, needing help, which is actually good that they're coming forward, mind you. Yeah, and I'm really happy we're talking about it today, David. Really appreciate you coming on. Uh, your website, if anyone would like to get in touch, is sexaddiction.ie because I know there's still questions coming in and we just can't get to them all. So if people want to head over to your website, I would Absolutely. definitely encourage them to. David, lovely to speak to you today. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lauren. That's David Kavanagh there. He's a sex addiction therapist. Uh, specialist and therapist his website is sexaddiction.ie um, I'm really thankful there are so many genuine questions coming in so thank you so much I'm sorry I can't get to them all um, but what we would like to talk about maybe is if this is something that you or someone you know has any experience of and I understand it is a sensitive one um, I understand people maybe might want to change names that's never a problem at all get involved in the conversation I would love to speak to you today I'm on 87 1038 and even just, you can tell from some of the messages that are coming through on our Facebook page, like loads of people are just tagging their mates. Um, and I get it. I, I totally do. It's just something that we don't think of the same way we would another addiction, but it's been very interesting speaking to David. Um, our listener also said that she felt it was something that people don't take as seriously when it's a woman. Um, so I mentioned to David that movie Shame with Michael Fassbender in it. Um, it's really dark, as David says. He doesn't recommend people watch that um, he mentioned another film called Thanks for Sharing and he said that's quite a good insight into um, into sex addiction so maybe if it's something you're interested in reading up about try that Shane says I wish you all the best any addiction is not nice this is on the Facebook page and it can affect you in numerous ways mentally, physically but bear in mind you can and will get over it how I'm not sure but don't think many people can tell you to get over it only yourself there's people out there that can help you and can give you guidance and a direction how to get over this addiction yeah the girl had said in the email that a lot of people are like I just cop on and she's you know her relationship um, her relationships are being affected she lives with a friend and a housemate and they've said that she has to move out because they can't take it anymore and David also spoke about you know that kind of unacceptable behaviour where you know she's going out and he said that sex addiction can sometimes be masked by alcohol addiction she's going out obviously meeting strangers bringing them home and then her flatmates are getting up the next morning and there's strangers in the house which Again, speaking to David, I was like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, that's just, you know, dating casually and it's so easy just to hook up with strangers now in Dublin. We speak so much about dating apps on this show. And David was like, yeah, like someone who goes out and gets drunk isn't necessarily an alcoholic. People, just because you're going out and you're you're hooking up with people doesn't mean you're a sex addict. But it's when you you don't want to be behaving like that. And it sounds like this girl, you know, she's... She knows her behaviour can be at times dangerous. She doesn't want to behave like this, and yet she is. And that's why she's been diagnosed with sex addiction. Another listener has said, my friend is a sex addict. She didn't tell me for years. She hid it very well, I suppose, like most addicts do. The reason she came clean is because I caught her with another guy. She was married at the time. I was disgusted that she was having an affair and thought the sex addiction was just an excuse. After time, though, she managed to explain it to me like a craving, the way someone craves a drink, nicotine, etc. She is getting help for it. I just try and support her, but her husband did not deal with it well and their marriage broke down. It is so, so serious. People need to treat it seriously. And as David said, you know, it's a chronic brain malfunction and it can sometimes be the result of trauma, something that has happened in childhood. And I think that that's kind of what they allude to in that Michael Fassbender movie, Shame. Uh, like I said, it's not an easy watch at all. Liv says, I was seeing a guy for a year. We got on really well. One day my friend said she saw him on Tinder. 
I was devastated and didn't believe her. When I confronted him, it all came out that he was a sex addict. He was in treatment when I met him, but he never told me. He had to have a certain amount of sex a week or he would get extremely down and even suicidal. He also explained that sex with other girls didn't mean anything and wasn't the same as when he had sex with me. I'm sure people could live with someone like that, but I couldn't. Interesting. Um, and I would imagine it's something that a lot of people just don't or even want to hear about. And But then you do, you hear like someone else said in a message a minute ago, Oh yes, yeah, like that messenger was saying about their friend. Like I just thought it was an excuse because you do you hear people blame sex addiction and you know sometimes celebrities if they have been unfaithful to their partner, you hear them say, "Oh, like I'm going into into therapy, being treated for sex addiction." Maybe sometimes it is used as an excuse. Really interesting topic, and glad to say lots of messages coming in on it, kind of asking questions and you know, um, just giving their own experiences. I mentioned our listeners' flatmates and just what it's like for them because this her behaviour is affecting them just as her her behaviour would affect them if she was a drug addict, you know, and they've asked her to move out. If that's something that you can relate to, once again, we can change names, not an issue at all. I'd love you to get involved. I'm on 087-711-1038. Paul has been in touch and says, I think it all comes back to the whole Catholic Ireland thing. We're all programmed to think that sex, porn, etc. is completely wrong. And of course, if someone is addicted to sex, there must be something seriously wrong with them. I think we'll get to a point, like with contraception, sexual health, mental health, where sexual addiction will be taken seriously, but it will take time in this country. And you're right. And I keep mentioning, you know, our Facebook page. Like, loads of people are just tagging their mates and um, and talking about, you know, and going, oh, you have a sex addiction, don't you? Yada, yada. And, like, it does. It, just, it happens with some of the topics that we, you know, address on this show, and that's fine. But it is interesting that you just, if we were talking about heroin addiction or alcohol addiction or even gambling, you know, people wouldn't be taking the mick on the Facebook page about it. It's just our attitude towards sex, I think. Porn is another thing I would love to hear from people on because that's something that David Kavanagh mentioned. You know, sex addiction, you know, it is that bit easier to hook up with people casually now because of certain apps, but also... um, you know, a, a sex addict can be addicted to porn as well. And this, I would imagine, can cause issues. And I remember once before discussing porn and the impact that it can have on, on relationships on this show. So maybe, I don't know, like when people cheat, they blame sex addiction. Maybe it genuinely is a sex addiction or maybe they're just blaming it. Do you find people blaming you know, an addiction on why they watch so much porn. I think maybe that might be something more of us could relate to than sex addiction because it it can be difficult to diagnose, firstly, as David said, but I think porn might be something that we could relate to a bit more. So if maybe excessive um, porn has been a problem or an issue in a relationship you've been in or you've lived with someone who watches a lot of porn, get involved. I'd love to hear from you. I'm on 087-711-1038. This listener says, it's actually not something I've ever really thought about. I'm 22 and we have a girl in my group of friends who is promiscuous, shall we say. She's had a lot of one-night stands, watches porn, is always turning every conversation sexual. We used to mess with her and say that she's like Samantha from Sex and the City but it's beginning to annoy some of the girls in the group now. She always has some drama or other with boys and honestly puts herself in dodgy situations uh, which we have to help her with. I never thought she might have an addiction to sex or boys, but maybe she does. 
And it's hard to know because, look, lots of people enjoy sex. Lots of people enjoy hooking up and, you know, casually, um, you know, dating and having sex with strangers. I suppose it's if she, like our listener who got in touch, doesn't want to behave this way and yet she is, you know, then I suppose there's a problem. This listener says, hi, Lauren. I've been going out with my boyfriend for around four years and in the last year or so, he has started to watch more and more porn. When I complained, he started suggesting that I join him, which I did for a while, but it just doesn't do it for me. He's now asking me to do some of the things done in the porn. I love him and I want to make him happy, but I feel like porn is taking over his and our life. I don't know if I should bring it up with him, but I think he might need help. And I think... To be honest, that's a discussion in its own and maybe something we might return to is some of um, the effects of watching porn and our misconceptions about sex as a result of watching porn. Actually, Anne McCormick, who we spoke to the other day, um, the author of that book, Keeping Your Kids Safe Online, I can't remember the exact title of it, but Anne McCormick, a really passionate guest. She's really very passionate about um, the effects of, of excessive porn as well so that might be something we return to thanks for sending that message in another says hi I don't want to give my name but my husband is a sex addict he's currently in recovery with SA Ireland and I attend a support group called S Anon similar to AA and AI Anon or Al Anon sorry the group for families of alcoholics could you mention these please there is support out there and they have a questionnaire on the website to see if you might have a problem I wish I could come on and talk, but it's very sensitive and private for both of us. And that is completely understandable. Um, thank you very much for getting in touch. And I said that at the start, like I do get that it's a sensitive one and it's something that especially, you know, coming on at lunchtime and talking about, but we did feel it was something we wanted to raise awareness about. So thank you very much for coming on. Um, we have another listener, um, a listener who's been in touch who Rachel has spoken to and says that, look, she did want to come on, but... Again, fear of maybe her kids recognising her voice she didn't want to, and that's completely understandable. Um, she says, I'm a sex addict. I nearly destroyed my marriage, chasing that high. It's not the sex which has only ever been good in the confines of my loving marriage. It is the chase, the knowledge that someone is interested, seeing how far you can get them to go. Very, very powerful. I've had therapy, and as I've said, it nearly ruined my marriage when someone told my husband that he had slept with me. We've been to hell and back, but I can't guarantee that it won't happen again as the hit is so strong. And, oh, like, I think that is something like that. If you were just to even, you know, change some of the words in that message with alcohol, with drugs, I think we would have so much more understanding, so much more sympathy is that you're an addict. There's nothing you can do about it. You obviously aren't happy with your behaviour and I really appreciate you getting in touch. I completely understand why you didn't want to come on. So thank you even for sending that in. Is that it's something you've no control over. I'm glad to hear that you've had therapy. Um, David Cavanagh, I presume you heard our guest earlier on. If you didn't, he was really so wonderful. He's a sex addiction specialist and therapist. Sexaddiction.ie is his website. So maybe um, get in touch. And as another message said, there is a questionnaire on the website of the support group SNON. So if you maybe want to fill that out, there's been a few messages in from people who are like, I don't know, like maybe I do, or maybe that person does have a sex addiction. Thank you so much for getting involved in the conversation today. Just another on porn. This listener says, my husband was on porn a lot, chat rooms. Um, we went to counselling, but our marriage ended over it. And I think, like I said, that might be something we come back to 
is um, porn addiction because that, I suppose, ties in with sex addiction. But it is something that, again, you know, people don't take that seriously. So thank you very much, unless it's, of course, unless it's affected you. Thank you very much to everyone who got involved in that. Really, really interesting. You can continue to get involved. I'll do my best to get to back to messages later. I'm on 087-711-1038. This is the Spin Talk Podcast. Catch Spin Talk with Lauren. Live on Spin 1038 weekdays from 1.